And we're back. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody. Another week. Another week. Of uh, finely curated trash candy. Another. Just for you. Another pair of trashy divorces. And we we did go, we got trashy this week. Finely curated yes. trash candy. So yes, before yes. we get to this week's up and the song and Patreon and all that good noise, <laughs> I did want to just uh, make a little musical correction. Sure, sure. With my middle-aged brain. Last week, mm-hmm. our episode title was Take the Money and Run, mm-hmm. which is great. Because it's off the Fly Like an Eagle album, which is not by Eagles. No, it's not. It is by the Steve Miller Band. And we both missed that. And I wanted to make sure the Steve Miller Band got proper credit for my most despised song in the world. Sure. So my I, fault, middle-aged brain. I even put the the YouTube video on the website and it didn't occur to I, me to be like, by the way, that's Steve Miller Band, not Eagles. That's hmm. it. So, Stacy, we had yeah. something really exciting and big happen this week. Stacy picks the music. Stacy picked the music. It. Yeah. First time. So I think I've suggested we I've made suggestions. The music part is really your thing for the most part. But, but I'm so I had such a hard time. Right. You've been struggling and so I kinda got into some stuff I love and selected video by Amy Mann, I love Amy Mann. off of the two thousand and five album The Forgotten Arm, her concept album about a washed up boxer. I had too many options. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saving the day on that. There's nothing wrong with Amy Mann ever. No. Why did you select video today? Tell us about our stories. Because our stories today involve Some actors, media personalities, and reality TV, yeah, celebrity or whatever. Who did you cover? I have the monstrously Ugh. horrible divorce of celebrity chef Bobby Flay. And his ex-wife, actress, uh, Law & Order SVU actress, Stephanie March. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. I mean, it was, it, it is a story that has entertained me for several years, and I'm happy to share it with our listeners it's now. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It was a good story. This week, I got to do an episode I've wanted to do for a long time. I know. Like, you, since yeah. we've had this idea. Yeah, you've talked about these people so much. This was one of the first on my spreadsheet. Uh, today, I am covering the trashy divorce of Kate and John Goslin and making it almost a universal story because I'm mm-hmm. going to introduce everyone to one of my favorite inside my own brain tropes. Yeah. The dude. Sure. So I think y'all are going to like that. Sure. Pretty fun app. Before we get to the app, let's talk about our magic mirror yeah, and Patreon. Patreon magic Thank mirror. Thank you, stuff. everybody, for joining this week. Our magic mirror is full. Who have we got? We have, and with big, big thanks, we have Nicole P, Sakurama A, Lindsay B, Kayla K, Jessica, Randy L, Lania B, Rhonda G, Diantha V, Angela S, Lori K, Nicole M, Justine F, Carol M. Steve M. Ashton G. Tanya T. Michelle M. Irene A. Alan H. Tabitha. Stuart C. Shayna. And somebody just joined. Just joined. So you just got in the nick of the wire for, is that even under the? Under the wire. Under the wire. Jessica A. Thanks all of you for joining us on Patreon. We hope you are having some fun over there this week. Whoa. I launched Trashier Tutors with the Mistresses of Henry VIII, which was so trashy. Yep. We had Trashy Politics with the Mistresses of Warren G. Harding. And you're going to find out why we call penises Jerry from now on. So, so true. (laughs) Hashtag just Jerry. We cleaned up with the kitchen sink. We talked a little bit about royal engagement news for Beatrice. Mm -hmm. I explained with my psychology major hat on the difference between OCD and OCPD. 
You also had some delicious Hunter Biden trash. Yeah, boy, Hunter Biden. He's in the news a whole lot. And it turns out his life is very trashy. So one other thing that has happened this week over on Patreon, oh, which yeah. is actually open for everyone. It's it is. completely public. Yeah, you, you can go to free to listen. Patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Indeed. So what what she's talking about is that we have launched us. We, we had listeners ask us like, you know, what's I'm, your hot take? Yeah, I'm very busy. What is happening with all of this impeachment mess? And we are media obsessives. And we have a platform. <laughs> so yeah, we've posted now three episodes of trashy impeachment. And we're just trying to kind of keep up with the fire hydrant of news and put it into as as little ramble and as easily digestible bits as we can for everyone listening. And those are public. Feel free to check those out mm -hmm. if you are so inclined. Yep. You can search by tags, I think, on Patreon. Um, so if you if you search impeachment, those three episodes come right up. And we're going to be adding more as because I don't think this is slowing down anytime soon. It's been a wild ride. Whew. It's been a wild ride with stories, though. We mm -hmm. really do have some doozies oh my, oh of my trash God. cans today. Seriously, this one, these are... <laughs> These are just classic, horrible human behavior stories. Do you feel like we're ready to go? If you're waiting on me, you're backing up. Uh-oh. Let's beep, go, go, go. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep. Oh, Stacy, you're taking the you're taking the garbage out today. Out of the kitchen. A lot of garbage. Out of the kitchen and into the flaming trash cans yeah. that are your divorce. Yeah, yeah. The dumpster fire behind the kitchen. Yeah, I have uh, I have the time that actress Stephanie March flayed celebrity chef Bobby Flay. Oh. It was... And it, this is listener requested, too. We've had a number of people. It's a great story. This is not going to be the longest story I've ever told on Trashy Divorces, but it has everything. It's trashy. It really lights me up, this one. Oh, go. Let's hear it. All right. So we have covered some Hollywood divorces where one side cranked up the media machine to threaten the spouse's brand to get what they want. Angelina and Brad come to mind on that. This sure. is kind of... Something similar happened in the 2015 divorce of rock star chef Bobby Flay and former Law & Order SVU actress Stephanie March. Dun dun. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some background going on these two before we see how this cookie crumbled. First, <laughs> Bobby Flay. He was born December 10th, 1964 and grew up on Manhattan's Upper East Side. And when he was eight years old, he pissed his dad off pretty good by asking for an easy bake oven for Christmas. Oh. Dad, I... dad was deeply concerned about gender conformity. So he did get him the easy bake oven, but he also put a G.I. Joe doll under the tree for young Bobby. I loved oh, my easy bake oven. I oh, loved I meant, it. I meant action figure. Definitely not a doll. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I also loved my easy bake oven. I, Dude. Easy Bake Oven was where it was at. Mm -hmm. Yes. So at 17, a bored Bobby Flay drops out of high school, feeling the ennui. I don't know. I don't know what drives no, someone he's to... he's a Sag. He's a fire sign. Oh, he, oh He's fair. boiling. He's boiling hot. All right. So yeah, he was bored. Ends up working as a line cook at a restaurant where his father was an investor. The other owner, or one other owner, I'm not sure how many investors there were, the owner who met Bobby a lot, I guess, took a shine to the to the lad 
and offered to pay to send him to the French Culinary Institute, which had just opened. Well, that's a really nice benefactor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we're on all of a twist. So oh, at, porridge. at the age of 19, wow. young Bobby Flay had his degree in culinary arts and was the executive chef at an East Village restaurant called Miracle Grill. I mean, that's pretty kicking when you're 19. Where do you go from there? Well, here he was discovered by a guy named Jeremy Kretschmer, who I just did the barest of... This guy is like a jack-of-all-trades. He's been like a New York State assemblyman. He's a real estate developer. He's like, he's a restaurateur. Like he's... Yeah. Anyway, interesting guy. I have a feeling he'll show up in Trashy Tidbits over on Patreon. Mm. Anyway, this guy owned a restaurant called Gotham. And, you know, he also took a shine. (laughs) (laughs) He also took a shine to Bobby and they ended up, I guess he opened Mesa Grill with Bobby as the executive chef. And then like a couple years later, Bobby became a partner in the endeavor. More restaurants followed and, you know, whatever, started writing cookbooks, etc. And all of this stuff is cool. But the reason Bobby Flay is on anybody's radar is because of the Food Network. Uh, yeah, I think his first appearances were back in the 90s, and I'm pretty sure I first saw him in 2000 when he was an Iron Chef on Iron Chef America, which is a show I watched a lot back then. I really liked it. Okay, I literally have never heard of this person until this week. I don't know how to t- how, how out of touch I am. Very. I Okay. Very. I know about the BAM guy. In the same way that you like HGTV to relax too, I used to watch the Food Network to relax. Same here. Okay, that totally makes sense. He's a Food Network superstar. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I mean, he made great television, continues to make great television. He's headed shows like Boy Meets Grill. Oh my God. uh, Throwdown with Bobby Flay. Yeah. Beat Bobby Flay. Oh, competition show? Mm, A lot of these are competition shows. Iron Chef is a Definitely a competition show. Okay. I love it. Okay. Yeah, and and as noted, he's also a cookbook author. He published his first in 94, and he's had like a dozen more since. Like, this guy is a super successful celebrity chef. Okay, fantastic. High in demand. And young, like killing it. Young in his career and doing it. Yeah. Okay, Yeah, he really... I mean, the time was right, because like the Food Network happened and they needed content, right? I mean, it's the... It's the struggle of all. Right place, right time. Yeah. He was the right age. He was brash. He was. So how can anything go bad in this story? Well, so in his personal life, he had a two-year marriage in the early 90s. And then he had a three-year marriage in the late 90s that produced a daughter who he's still apparently very close to. But that is not what we're here for. Oh, what? We are here for the epic smackdown of a divorce that was Bobby's 2015 split from Stephanie March, an actress best known for her role as ADA Alexandra Cabot on Law & Order SVU. Ah, I know her. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right. Stephanie March is a Dallas, Texas native, born July 23rd, 1974. Leo? Leo, yeah. Okay. First day right on the cusp, though. Okay. But still. Well, that's true. Those two fire signs. Yeah, you got, dude, really? I've got two fires in mine. Really? Two, yeah, burned alive. Do they drag Ah, each other hard? Stephanie March graduated from Northwestern University. She's kind of smart. She arrived in New York in 1999 and quickly made her mark on Broadway. So she's also talented. The following year, as both of their careers were really starting to take off, she meets Bobby Flay. He invited her to Nobu for their first date, and she said she knew right away 
that he was the one. Oh, how? Mm, sushi? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's De Niro's restaurant. I don't know. Or it was at the time. I'd... Interesting. Anyway, but, you know, he'd been married a couple of times before, and both of them were extremely busy in their careers. So His they... first marriage for her? Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's a, she's a bit younger. She I think she maybe even be 10 years younger than okay. he is. They did not, like, rush into anything. I think they dated for four years before they got married. Oh, wow. Nice long courtship. Mm -hmm. They got engaged in 2003, which was also the same year that she departed Law & Order SVU as a series regular. Like She would pop up on it now and again in subsequent years. Is that show still in production? Like, I know it's the most successful one of that franchise ever. and... uh... Mariska Hardigay just got promoted to captain Woo! of the fucking unit. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I did manage to catch that across the news this week. I used to stay up super late back in my squandered dun, dun. college days to watch like the original Law & Order mm-hmm. overnight. At, like it's 3 a.m. replay on TNT or something. Personal stories. <laughs> okay. So they get engaged in 03, same time as she's leaving this, as a series regular. They married in 05. Both of them signed on to a prenup that capped any alimony in the event of a divorce at $5,000 a month, and there would be a $1 million buyout for the family. Like, he would pay her a million bucks for her share of their home. Okay. How that was going to work. During the marriage, like, Stephanie acted a whole lot less. She just took fewer roles, or perhaps fewer. I don't know. Like, it seems like she was less focused on her career, though, than she was on his career. Okay. So... They went to Spain, and she taught him all about tapas, the little small portion. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know if you know what tapas are. I do know what tapas are. Okay. And she seems to have been his favorite taste tester for a while. But unfortunately for her, Bobby Flay had other mouths he wanted to feed, too. Oh, no. (laughs) One of them was his assistant, who he had begun a three-year-long affair with when she was... Twenty-five. Oh God! Um, Three-year side piece. She was twenty-eight when Stephanie March discovered the affair. Oh my God! Okay, Bobby Flay is of course nearly twice her age, but hey, that's par for the course. So Stephanie learns about the affair around Thanksgiving, twenty fourteen, and like leaves, like goes and stays with a friend, something like is out. Like this is a huge rupture, betrayal of trust, and mm-hmm. violate. Okay, so she is really taken aback. This is a surprise to her. Yeah, but that is not all. So I'm not sure it was, I don't, I don't know how much of a surprise it was because there was this weird 2010 incident that no one understood at the time. And then it was kind of forgotten for the most part, but out in LA where I guess Bobby was in town filming his Food Network show or shows, actress January Jones, who played Betty Draper on Mad Men, crashed her Range Rover one night into like three parked cars and she calls Bobby Flay to come help her out which which was just weird is Bobby Flay's roadside service and chef and I'll cook for you after I tow your his explanation for this didn't really make any sense at all he said he'd been at a restaurant with a group of people including her they were watching a, a basketball game or something And he said he'd met her once before. And so this night, they're this big group of people. They're hanging out. She asks for his phone number because she's going to remodel her kitchen. 
and she wants to give it to her designer so the designer can consult with Bobby Flay to make sure she's got like the best everything. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a, a good reaction. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like she gets Bobby Flay's number so she can have this amazing kitchen. She leaves, she crashes her car. She calls Bobby Flay, basically a stranger, who hops in his car and drives on over to help a stranger well, out. Isn't like he you just like fucking Superman? Superman. It's amazing. It was strange. And when the couple headed to divorce court in 2015, Stephanie March was quite clear about what had been going on with Bobby Flay and January Jones. What perchance was going on? In court papers, she alleged that they had had they sex were banging some cabinets. many times in many places oh. in 2010. Indeed, there continues to be speculation as to the paternity of the baby that January Jones gave birth to in September 2011. Oh my and God. Bobby Flay is usually cited as one possibility. Wow. So I don't know that it was a huge surprise to Stephanie March that it may, she just may have been at the end of her rope. Okay. She also said there was a third woman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and look, there were real efforts to salvage the relationship. So things blow up around Thanksgiving, and then she goes to Europe with friends for the holidays. Like, she's, she's out. So Bobby Flay hops on a plane and meets up with her in Amsterdam to celebrate the holidays. So early in 2015, they go into marriage counseling for a while, but... Just ahead of their 10th wedding anniversary, Bobby skips out of New York with his assistant oh of the three-year-long affair, naturally, to attend this South Beach wine and food festival in Miami. In the reporting and statements from, you know, the anonymous, like, and people close to, or a, f a friend of right. our spy and Stephanie's inner circle, you know, whatever, whatever the tabloid nomenclature is, it seems like this was sort of where she hit her point of no return like okay I, this there's no longer any point in trying yeah, to I'm save done. this marriage and it seems like that was probably where he was too because after the festival in miami bobby headed straight to los angeles for five weeks to film shows he didn't see her again until march of 2015 well that's a convenient way to avoid every problem you have true true so when he gets home he walks in and Stephanie asks him to move out. And that's how that happened. So he filed for divorce a week later. And that, I mean, it's just clearly where things were headed for both of them. Like, there really was no point in attempting to salvage. The divorce posed some problems for Stephanie March, though. In particular, that extremely restrictive prenup that gives her $5,000 a month in alimony. Right. When she's barely been working for the last several years. Because she's taken time off to... Yeah, maybe. Be your Tinkerbell. Yeah, mm -hmm. seems like. So judges really, really, really do not like to void a contract unless it is just wildly unfair. And that's very good policy. Like, you don't want to just, you know, well, have... Contracts matter. Rules are important, it turns right, out. Right, right. Agreements count um, unless there's some very good reason for them not to count. So, you know, she was a little bit stuck. So she and her lawyer started kind of thinking about what they could do. Uh, Bobby, on the other hand, really wanted the prenup to be in control of the divorce. Because, sure. like, he's out a million bucks for the house and 5000 a month. But at this point, his fortune is estimated at $20 million. So yeah, he's no, you can pay me more than 60 a year. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it. So, you know, their first month apart, 
He sends her a check for five grand, and he was probably pretty surprised when it was returned to him, tucked inside a very irate letter from Stephanie's attorney, who declared the prenup unenforceable. Perfect. (laughs) So there's a term in law that can function a little like a magic word. In court, Stephanie's lawyer asserted that the prenup was unconscionable, Mm. which is a real, like, legal term. It just means that it's, like, too lopsided to be enforced. Because Stephanie had played such a huge role in the last decade of Bobby Flay restaurants, she claimed that aside from, you know, inventing tapas in his universe and taste testing recipes, she helped with, like, the interior design of his restaurants and and really was just a contributing part of the creative team that helped him build this $20 million fortune. Right. So she wanted a little more. Stephanie also pointed to a series of medical problems she had suffered recently, including a ruptured appendix that Bobby apparently had not been there for, like he had not come racing back to New York to check on her. So that's kind of gross. Let's see. So she, you know, because of these health problems, she argued that she was unable to work. And with this very low alimony, it was it was causing her undue financial hardship. And Bobby's response, again, it makes good headlines, was that all of these health problems resulted from a boob job she'd had. So it was her own fault anyway. Oh, my God. Not not a great look there, what a Bobby Flay. Jerry. <clears throat> then there was the matter of a racehorse. That, according to Stephanie, Bobby had given her. He's the one who's into racehorses in that family. Right. You'll be surprised to learn. But, you know, she said that um, Dad's Crazy, a thoroughbred racehorse, was Bobby's fourth anniversary present to her. Because, as everyone knows, the fourth anniversary is it's the horses. livestock. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so... Dad's crazy went on to earn $130,000 on the racetrack and then another 60 at auction. Oh. And Stephanie says that Bobby pocketed all of this from her horse. You are Bobby denies my horse. Bobby denied it. I do not know the truth of that. It's just it's so outlandish. I had to had to keep it in. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Meanwhile, the judge had ordered both of them to avoid discussing the case with the media, which clearly was working. Uh, which, you know, Bobby then caused a lot of kerfuffle when he arrived to court one day in May with his publicist at his side. That is not how you make a judge happy. He was a female? Believe the judge was male. No, the publicist. Don't know. Okay, this, there wasn't anything going on. I don't have any idea. <laughs> I don't even know what's coming with this guy. Yeah, I'm on oh. ten, tinder hooks. Well, we're getting actually to my favorite part of oh, this no! divorce. It's... <laughs> So it's so so terrible that it's – this is – when you think of, like, a classic ugly divorce and, like, all of the things that can happen and then you factor in, like, these people are very rich, it's great. This has everything. All of this was very cool buildup. But my very favorite piece of the Flay March divorce happened in June of 2015. That month, Bobby headed back to sunny California where he was to be honored with a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. It was a big deal for him. He was the first chef to ever get one of these. <laughs> like, He had been keeping a pretty low profile since the divorce kicked off, so this was his first public appearance in several months. He brought his mom and his daughter for the big day. There were speeches. There were pictures. And overhead, a small plane flew, dragging a giant <sighs> banner that said, Cheater in all caps. <laughs> 
know what to say. People magazine reported that it didn't seem like Bobby saw the plane and the banner, but it featured prominently in the coverage of the event that was published afterward. Holy hell. And that has to have pissed him off. (laughs) Did she do it? She says no. She denied any involvement. Maybe her best friend. Probably her best friend. Yeah. Her best friend. Wow. Yeah. That's mm. a lot of That's that's that, amazing. It's amazing and it's, I mean, it's sad. It's sucky. Bad. Yeah. It's like talking about raining on your parade, man. That's harsh. Anyway. Wow. I told you this one has it all. Okay. So by this point I'm sorry, we have not yet had flying aircraft with personal right. messages. I think that's, that's a trash. I think that's our first. First. <laughs> so by, Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> By this point, it became pretty clear to Bobby that he could either budge when it came to money or continue to see scandalous and potentially brand-damaging headlines about himself in the press and suffer public humiliations like the airplane cheater thing for a protracted period of time. The divorce was concluded in July. They negotiated a settlement in private, and the amount was not made public, but a page six source, who was clearly, you know, hashtag Team Stephanie, told the paper, March's legal team questioned the prenup and were able to secure her a better deal than what was provided in the original agreement. It will never be as much as Stephanie deserves, but it is significantly better than the $5,000 a month. Oh, good. Her friends say the more generous settlement wasn't due to Bobby's desire to do the right thing, but his fear of being exposed. (laughs) Well, I mean, whatever gets you there, dude. Yeah, but I mean, protecting your brand is a real thing. Like, it's a valid consideration. So maybe so, put your fucking dick in your pants and be nice to your ex-wife. In September 2017, Stephanie remarried a tech investor named Dan Benton. And uh, charmingly, they used the Star Wars theme as their entrance music at their wedding at his home. It was a small ceremony with close friends. Well, that is stupidly dorky and nice. <laughs> right. That's great. This year, she starred in an ensemble mockumentary about social media culture called The Social Ones, which was noticed not only for apparently being a great comedy, but also because it was written, produced, and directed by women. Oh, fantastic. She was interviewed and asked how that experience differed from projects led by men. And she said, quote, We were under budget, on time, wrapped early, had fun, zero onset drama, zero backstage drama, and wholly supportive of one another, both in front of and behind the camera. Wow. I have never experienced such a seamless set, no ego, all warmth. Moms really should be in charge of more businesses. I 100%. I mean, given the story we've just heard... It's cool that she found a drama-free place to be because she does know how to make it when she needs to. That's Um, amazing. Bobby Flay keeps Bobby Flaying on the Food Network. And as a cookbook author, I think he has a new one out this year. He has not remarried. And honestly, I do not imagine that he is scar-free after that last experience. So I don't know how quickly he'll be rushing into uh, a fourth marriage for himself. Um, And I'm calling this a five trash can divorce. It has everything. That had a lot of sizzle. Potentially an out of wedlock child. Multiple affairs. Everything. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Five, Five flaming trash cans. Sure. 
With little grills on top of them. <laughs> little, little grill marks. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Wow. That's Bobby Flay and Stephanie March. That was a wild ride. I'd say Bam, but that's what, Emerald? That's Emerald. That's the only one I know. Yeah. But now apparently I know too. Bam. Thanks for... Dude, that guy's a bam. Boy meets grill. Ooh, boy meets grill. That's amazing. Let's That's take great. a break. Let's take a break. Good Lord, that was awesome. All right, back in a minute. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. (laughs) Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So, Alicia, mm. I I notice our theme this week has to do with reality stars. It does, and it you. Does. So, in the same way that you don't know who Bobby Flay is, really. Like I have heard of your subjects, but I don't. I I if they. Stopped me on the street. I wouldn't know who they were. We each have our own thing. <laughs> I watched Kate Gosselin avidly. I was up on all the Kate and fill in the number news when it was happening. Is she a goose? No. I told myself that I'd just watch the show for those super cute kids. Those kids are just super cute. And this is the plus eight? Is mm-hmm. that the rhyming title? Yeah. And did they call them a gander? <laughs> they were kind of a gander. Told myself it was about the cute kids, but really, it's about Kate Gosselin. Love her or hate her, I think there's something very recognizable and very relatable about Kate Gosselin to many people. Because if you live long enough to see certain things play out, watching poor Kate Gosselin in the show was like seeing it in yourself and every other woman who has been with the dude. It's going to take a point of privilege here. <laughs> I am speaking from my 47-year-old middle-aged lady seat, having seen lots of marriages and lots of divorces and lots of relationships in my lifetime play out. I'm a psych major. I love it. I have a common trope. It's in my head. It's the dude. The dude doesn't even necessarily need to be male. The dude sometimes can be female. Can okay. be female gender. It's The vibe okay. is what makes the dude. Right. It's a trope. It's true. The it's dude. Not, this is not about the Big Lebowski. I ashamedly have never seen that movie. So no, it's not. This okay. is just a trope that lives in my head that when I meet this guy, I'm like, ah, it's the dude. We probably all dated the dude. Some of us have married the dude. Some of us have divorced the dude. But we all know the dude. He's not a bad guy. He's just the dude. And boy, howdy. <laughs> Do we focus on channel all of our good into the dude, thinking that the dude is magically going to become everything that we need dude to be? Because if he just had a good person to love the dude, I can fix him with me. Mm. That's exactly right. (laughs) I can change him. In my 47 years of living, 
there's not much changing of the dude. No. It's not going to happen. You take the dude you get. Sure. So Kate really got the dude. And we got to watch it all in real time. I have made a conscious decision in this story to mention the gander of children as little as possible. Fair. This is Trashy Divorces. It is not our brand to focus on that. So I'm really concentrating in on John and Kate. Sure. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. John and Kate. Meet on a certain Sunday in November, 1997. Kate is asked to buy a friend to go to this thing at this hotel, and it's a Sunday afternoon, and she's 24 and a nurse, and she's got nothing fucking better to do, and John works at the hotel. And Kate sees him striding across the lawn in these, like, reflective mirror sunglasses, and she thinks, I am talking to that guy by the end of the day. Her picker is up. Her picker is bad, but her (laughs) picker is up. So she does talk to him. And that night, John has a girlfriend, but John doesn't have a girlfriend the next day. Because he and Kate are on. So as I'm starting to research this story, like, I'm team Kate all the way. And if you're team John, that's great. Please don't leave me a shitty review. Send me an email. We'll talk about it. (laughs) Same offer as Henry VIII. Like, if you're team John, I get it. But... He's a trope and that's fine. I don't hate John Gosselin. It's not a, it's, sure. He's just the dude. You Mm -hmm. love him or hate him. He's the dude. Okay. So as I'm researching these dingbats, I'm like, (laughs) Kate has to be an Aries. Like she is, she's a, she's a fire sign for sure. I'd place my money on Aries. Sure enough. March 28th, 1975. Okay. And I'm like, oh, what the hell's John? I wonder what he is. And I'm racking my brain like, I don't even, the dude is so random. Like, I don't know. Like, there's not a dude astrological sign. He's fucking April 1st, 1977. He's an Aries too. So they're both Aries, both fire signs, both cardinal qualities. These two could not be any more different. So I'm like, what the fuck, man? How do I explain that? Ta-da-da! Numerology. <laughs> she's an eight. Uh, she's a powerhouse. As a life path eight, they're alive to make an impact on the world through drive and ambition, person of authority, material wealth. They'll master the art of being successful in the career they choose. They're hard workers, often to the point of being considered a workaholic. Sometimes reaching your goals takes precedence over other aspects in your life, like personal relationships and family. Eights sometimes have an issue with authority, uh, which may get them in trouble. That drive sometimes wants to make you become a person of authority yourself. So you don't have to answer to anyone except yourself, which is a great way to live. Okay. April 1st, John is a life path 11. Hmm. He's an 11, which doesn't happen very often. A few other life path 11s. Michael Jordan, Bill Clinton, Prince William, David Beckham, Ronald Reagan, Amadeus Mozart and Harry Houdini. Okay. Life Path 11s are the healers. Uh, They know they're different. Life is filled with mysterious connections. They're intuitive and sensitive. You're here to help people heal in some capacity. Your life sways from one intense situation to another. I mean, they really do have two very different numerologies. Okay. Which is the only thing that... Sure. To, he's the dude. Okay. So both Aries, both fire signs, so burned alive. And I can imagine 
the attraction, however that happened, was instant and uncontrollable. Because Kate's now his new girlfriend the next day. And everything's awesome. And they are sugar smoochy with each other. This is November 97. They're engaged within the next year. And the videos of them are entirely odd. Because he's the dude. And she is this like light, goofy, translucent version of a Kate that I have never seen on that show. Like she glows. It is throwback Thursday. So these two Firesign lovebirds marry June the 12th, 1999. Okay. So two years into... Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a year and a half. They paid for their own wedding. They didn't dance at their wedding, though. Family and friends attended. It was the white dress, lovely wedding. They each wrote their own vows, which if you listen to sound wonderfully sweet, unless you've been the girl still enchanted by the dude. Okay. So traditional stuff. They honeymoon at Disney. And there are videos of this. She is twirling for Christ. Like... Imagine Kate Goslin twirling. She is hardcore. There's, she doesn't twirl. Like, it is such an effervescent. Right. Uh, she's light and bright, and she has fire, and she is living without abandon. She's giggling. Sure. Like, she's a freer version of herself, and she's happy, and she's found the dude, and she's made him a husband. This is before the eight kids yeah they just got married this mm-hmm. is the romance this yeah. is the fairy tale romance i have a feeling that eight kids can take a little spring out of your step <laughs> that eight kids are a joy and a blessing the eight kids are not the problem okay because why men great till they gotta be great <laughs> so before john meets kate he's working at the hotel but previous to that he'd been backpacking through europe and self-admittedly is like I had no plan at all, and I certainly never planned on a wife or kids. So when people tell you what they are, believe them. Right. So now John has a wife and responsibilities, and I can imagine it all does go well enough until the responsibility of kids. And John, dude, is used to being the center of attention. And Kate's super focused, all of her light and fire and very right. luminescent and you're my dreamboat hubby yeah just a beam a tight beam at him and but they have twins mm-hmm. twins are going to distract you mm-hmm. so in this case i think dude has a little of a, a peter pan thing happening because marriage changes kate from a tinkerbell to a wendy in a hot minute and peter isn't quite with it anymore So kids and responsibilities in a cramped house and, whoa, six more on the way with the wife who was on bed rest for the last 30 weeks of her pregnancy. I would think the body can only do so much. Responsibility setting in. So now they have eight kids in a cramped house with a wife who has every reason to be miserable as you go into an office all day, John. And... Kate's still pulling nursing shifts on the weekends, Mm. and you have the nerve to bitch to me about uh, the fat on my belly that I have after bearing your children six at a time. Kate gets plastic surgery by a nice plastic surgeon named Dr. Glassman. Just Mm -hmm. remember that name. I think think if I were Kate, I might prioritize uh, tube tying, but you do you. (laughs) Kids are done after this. (laughs) So as parents, there aren't that many sets of six kids, septuplets. Yeah, I think so. They're already going to have a little bit of like specialness about them. Right. So Martha Stewart is doing this show with 
multiple kids and the Goslins go and they kind of get discovered and well hey, and there's TLC. Like and- I, I remember Octomom was a thing uh-huh. at one point. Was that around this time? Was there some because it was like IVF was I think Octomom came after. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I recall it was sort of a, a reality TV a sensation for right. a while that like, look at all these people with 19 children or whatever. And here come TLC. And Kate's like, hey, what a great way to experience some new experiences for my kids and have them filmed. And it's way easier than pulling nursing shifts. Right. And like John, like, you don't really like your job in IT. And it's a family network. Like, who the hell is going to watch it anyway? Let's pay off some debt and have some great memories along the way. And I bet I can get this camera crew to change a diaper now and again. I mean, maybe, (laughs) right? So, like, this is the mid-2000s, and reality TV is in an earlier stage, right, than where we pushed it in the last decade and a half, but I digress. So here come the film crews. Let's film the actual real-time footage of a woman married to the dude. And those kids are cute, but she's taking care of eight kids and they have some fun antics and they go on a lot of adventures. But as you're watching it from a certain perspective, you're watching it knowing this marriage cannot be saved. (laughs) Like you're watching like, yeah, we all know the dude. We've been married to the dude. We've been divorced from the dude. We know the dude. Right. But you see each of them try, which is almost that it, this is the sadder part because by season four, things are breaking down and they do this like couch talk. So for the last three seasons, they sit on the couch together and, you know, oh, so happily wrap up the show. But by season four, like things are breaking down and Kate and John on the couch, Kate's clearly communicating like, John, I know you got mad because I was stressed, but I've asked you when I'm stressed, just ask me how you can help. That's what I need from you. She is clearly communicating her needs and uh dude's the dude dude right. doesn't care yeah and you watch them doing a lot of talking right but nobody's saying a damn thing Did because not they register yeah they've lost <laughs> the ability to hear each other right and so there's still eight kids to take care of but they're super smart and they channel off a percentage i think eight percent of all the cash they're making into a trust for the kids mm, good so there are total advantages but now as their marriage is falling apart People are paying attention and cameras follow. And it was one thing like to have a nice little family show, but now they need a super handsome security guard everywhere they go. Yeah. It's not the success. It's the fame. Fame, yeah. And everything is going to shift again. So, oh God, in 2008, they remarry in this TLC extravaganza. They're going to renew their vows at nine years in. All right. Okay. They have the destination Hawaii new vows and of course they plugged it she went and got a new dress and like okay and it's all very romantic and the kids are all there but it's just heartbreaking because you watch them both going through different stages of trying but they are speaking entirely different love languages and these two like everything's just kind of lost in this miscommunication babble that they're spiraling in okay So they're nine years in. The ceremony has this like super many more years of loving God and super religious bent, but they recommit and they're still trying to be into it. And both of them are all about the kids. And we publicly promise our children will be together, loved and respected and valued. What would God give us in nine years? Blah, blah, blah. 
what will happen in the next 90 years. It, okay. Is heat death of the universe uh, one option? <laughs> oh my God. She's like, I promise to be more sensitive to your needs. Like she's still mm, doing it. Can't yeah. you just stop? Let him dude. And you do you girl. Anyway, the relationship is on the skids and no matter how many fucking family adventures you send yourselves on, which is really great for the kids to be exposed to the world. I get it. But yeah. now the press is following you. Sure. And they're not appearing on the couch together. And they make this big announcement. Hmm. We've decided to separate. We cannot be cordial. We don't want to argue in front of the kids. And they have this intense couch confessional thing. I think this is like June 2009. And John asks for the divorce and the decision isn't mutual. Okay. Apparently, good Lord, one night Kate hits her dude level. Apparently (laughs) one night, like back around Christmas, Kate hit her dude level. And she just has that realization. I've had it too in plenty of relationships where it just hits you like this is the most idiotic thing I've ever done. And whatever the fear is of what's going to happen next to me is infinitely better than what the fuck am I trying to do here. Right. So I guess she walks in to their dining room and she's like, I wouldn't choose to marry you right now. Why am I here? Well, this simmers for a while. John, in the meantime, decides to go get a lawyer. So his big announcement a few months later is coming back and telling her like, hey, I have a lawyer. You need one, too. Let's get a divorce. So there's a little contention with whose idea it really was. But by the 2009 season four finale, their relationship plummeted. Well, and I think you can tell how badly degraded a relationship is by whether they fight over who had the idea to get divorced first. Like that, that's so typical, right? Like that tracks. (laughs) No, you can't even be right about that. Like, well, like Kate is seen as like, oh, I hate her. She's super mean and she's super aggressive. And she, you know, no, she's an Aries fire cardinal sign. And she has eight kids. And it turns out the guy she married expecting him to, not be the dude and be a husband and father is always just going to be the dude. Okay. I'm Googling these people just so I can see a picture of them. Cause oh, I'm, I'm sure. No, mm-hmm. you know, them. agreed. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sure. Don't. <laughs> well, nope. Okay. I mean, seriously, I did. I spent like a good decade of my life endeavoring not to know who people like this are. And now we do this. <laughs> Probably going to cut. All that. This is my weird life now. Okay. Okay. So things start spilling out. And first, it was John, 31, partying with college co-eds, picks and stuff a few hours away from the new 1.3 million five-bedroom Pennsylvania mansion that they bought with the money for the kids. The house is owned by the children. Okay. Along with the kids have all their education taken care of. Like, they were... Kate is a smart fucking cookie. Mm-hmm. U.S. Weekly alleged he was having an affair with a grade school teacher named Deanna Hummel. Hmm. By the time Kate files for divorce June 22nd, 2009, their split is so acrimonious, even their statements to the media were openly hostile. Kate says John's activities left her with no choice but to file legal procedures in order to protect myself and our children. He says, I've always done everything I can to protect our family. They make it to 
50 plus magazine covers in 2009. Like you could not get away from the news about them. So John follows up with his fling with the uh, teacher Mm -hmm. to jumping into a relationship with this girl named Haley Glassman who is the daughter of Kate's plastic surgeon from the oh, Tommy Tuck. Oh, God. I was wondering why you'd given his name. That, yeah. wow. Wow. She's in college. I was going to ask how old she is. Okay. Yeah, she's in college. Sure. Sure. Legal adult. And the headlines come back and say Kate was cheating first with her handsome bodyguard security agent. And Kate's like, that's unthinkable. That's unfathomable. But John speculates a lot and says when they were traveling together i felt jealous here i am mr mom and there's some other guy traveling with my wife john moves out he uproots his life in pennsylvania he gets an apartment on new york city's upper west side he gets a pair of cubic zirconia earrings and a wardrobe of ed hardy apparel and he's partying in vegas with uh kevin federline and michael lohan uh friends with p diddy so that's cool and uh So after Hummel, there was star reporter Kate Major, who would go on to marry Michael Lohan, Lindsay Lohan's dad. Okay. Wow. And yeah. Rarified error we're talking about here. That's (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Like uh, all I can think is like, wow, it's like he's... He's got a John Wayne Bobbitt trajectory going while without being assaulted, I guess. I think the rarefied air smells like Axe body spray. <laughs> yes, that seems right. Okay. That tracks. So 22-year-old Haley Glassman, uh, but none of them shocked everybody quite so much as Stephanie Santoro. 23-year-old former waitress, spent a month as the kid's nanny, where she admits they had a passionate affair. (laughs) Of course they did. There's a backyard hot tub. Wow. So that fall, with all of this shit going on, TLC is like, thanks, Kate. We're going to rebrand the show and keep you on. John is off the marquee. Deep end. Kate plus eight. Now, John, October 1st, 2009, is mad, and he goes on Larry King that he's had an epiphany. Uh-oh. And he no longer wants his children to film. It's not healthy for them to be oh. on the show. And it's detrimental for them. It is them. vital that my ex-wife not be able to earn a living. What the hell, dude? What is wrong with you? <laughs> so John files a lawsuit. It's like Charlie Sheen did this, too, mm-hmm. with Denise Richards. To seek down production of the show. And TLC, like, files, like, it is... It's a fucking mess. Okay. John hangs these big signs outside the gate. No TLC. Like, it is... This is five trash cans. These are two solidly five trash can trashy divorces. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like... I mean, at this point, he's dating women who are not that much older than his own children, really. Yeah. 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 So he maybe realized this is a bad look. So he apologizes public apology and files paperwork to stall divorce proceedings for 90 days in the hopes that he and Kate can restore. It's mm, never going to happen. Mm, no, okay. they can't. Okay. But wait, no, they can't talk about because on each October other in 5th, the media in a pleasant four way. Fucking days later, Kate goes on the today show saying that John defied a court order and drained $230,000 from their joint account, Ooh. leaving her with a thousand bucks. Oh my God. She's that's the household account. That's how they pay sure. the mortgage and the bills and the food for eight kids. You should see them go to fucking Costco. It is oh, I'm off sure. the charts. I'm sure. 
John denies the allegations, but he was later ordered to return $180,000 to Kate. So the divorce was finalized in December 2009, entered as a no-fault divorce, the relationship irretrievably broken. Yes, indeed. Sealed divorce papers. John has the easiest divorce ever. There's no alimony and no child support payments for him. Because all of their money has been filtered into, right? The Yeah. For the kids. So they have a mutual account. Yeah. I think that they're... Gander LLC of <laughs> Pennsylvania or something. Right. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I don't have any alimony. I don't have any... You have eight kids. Like, do you know how... You are oh, living the dream of every divorced father out there. Fuck is wrong with you, dude. So now they're fighting over division of assets. Like... <sighs> He should keep it in his pants for half a minute and just be done. But Does July he? 2010, no, <laughs> he's back in court to rework the custody and John wants a different arrangement. And by 2011, I did watch like whatever, all 36 grody minutes of this because I'm like, let me give John his due. Let me hear what he has to say in his 2011 apology tour. Got some good, good stuff from the dude here. I wanted to make sure. Sure. I had, you know, his side represented fairly. It's his first TV interview solo in four years. He can get a lot off his chest and speak from the heart. He's standing up for himself for the first time and he's ready to talk. He says she made the first move with a divorce and she knows the truth. And off camera, she was much, much worse. And I was verbally abused and beaten down. And it's so good to have the real John back. I forgot who I was. Which was a dude. She needed you to be a husband and a father, and you just wanted a dude. Maybe I... I mean, my guess is that she would probably say something very similar about having lost her sense of self, too. But, you know, as the primary caregiver to eight children, she's not going to get that back anytime soon. <laughs> like, hmm. The dude continues. Hmm. Maybe I was too passive. Didn't stand my ground enough. I cry. Maybe I should have kissed my kids more. It's tough. I won't know if I let them down. Mm. I don't even know why I got married. Everything was great. And then it was weird. <laughs> it was just nothing. And then everything. And then out of the blue. And I don't know why. Of course, Kate is telling a different story. But after Christmas, I reached my breaking point and got home from Utah. I went to see my friends. For 10 years, I never went out. And I finally stood up to her. I don't know why I did it then. I needed to take my life back. I'd been beaten down for so long. How much custody does he have? Does, is he a 50% parent? No, hang tight. Okay. I'm a real person with feelings. We all learn from mistakes, but my mistakes are public. I'm in love with Haley Glassman. She's 22. I love her. Oh my God. She's the polar opposite of Kate. She gives me love and respect. She's my soulmate. I didn't leave Kate for Haley, but you can't control love. Now, the two of them are photographed like... He's in all of his Ed Hardy and his diamond rings and, like, drinking shots and smoking cigarettes. Sure. And, I mean, it's just unfair. She doesn't party. We don't go anywhere. We sit on the sofa. Just because she does marijuana doesn't make her a bad person. Which is entirely true. But you may not want to say that on fucking primetime live, you idiot. Yeah. So he gets asked about Kate and the bodyguard. I speculate. I don't know. But I could say what I want to. When they traveled together, I felt jealous. I felt like I was abused for 10 years. Whatever. This I, is embarrassing. It, for him, he's just, mm -hmm. dude, just dude. Mm -hmm. Just just go, dude. 
And okay. So what's happening now? Post-divorce, Kate still has to work, bring in the checks. Yeah. So she does a few more seasons of Kate Plus 8. She does a Dancing with the Stars appearance. She's on Celebrity Wife Swap. I think Celebrity Apprentice 2. She is seen holding hands with the bodyguard in 2014 at a show. But other reports have her that same year breaking up with a multimillionaire businessman, Jeff Prescott. Anyway, in June, Kate launched a new show called Kate Plus Date. Hmm. Where she... Get some legit help dating men. She hasn't dated in 10 years. And for Kate, like, it's perfect. Because Kate... Yeah. She can't go on Tinder. Like, yeah. everybody knows Kate Gosselin. Except for me. But yeah. Except for... Okay. But on this show, the men are vetted for her. Right. The camera crews are there. Right. And Kate is not going to have any problem telling you if she's not having a good time. But sure. at least there's a... A guideline. Oh, she also gets, like, relationship tips. Oh, good. And advice and, like, how to dress and... So I haven't seen this show yet. Right. It sounds crazily heteronormative, but you do you, Kate. You do you, Kate. So her twins, Carrie and Maddie, are on this show as well, helping her with this endeavor. How old are they at this point? Great question. The two just started college this fall. Okay, good. So she's moving into a phase of her life where she can, once again, be a little bit of her own person. Yeah. Both Kara and Maddie are in New York State schools. They are close together, but attend different schools. And I have not yet found, I didn't, I, it's not out there for, like, let them go have their, yeah. I'm keeping kids out of it. Yeah. Anyway. So good for Kate. Mm-hmm. John ended his romance, sadly, with Haley Glassman. Shocker. He hooks up with a, whatever, co-ed law student. Really? He has another romance with this girl named Liz Janetta. Which hits the skids went on VH1 couples therapy. Oh my god! They admit they both cheated. Hmm. That was 2014. Another stunner. As of now, John is four years into a romance with a registered nurse. Can't make it up. That's what Kate did. It's weird. Whose name is Colleen Conrad? They have known each other since early childhood. They grew up about three blocks away from each other. Colleen's older sister used to babysit for John when he was little. She has two children from a previous relationship. John is thinking about marrying again. Uh, he also now has custody of two of the six, leaving four with Kate. There have been a few custody battles. Again, I'm not addressing them here. Right. It's not the forum for it. But he's got two of his kids. Kate has four. And the six now are teenagers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say they're in high school, probably 15, 16. Okay. So they're probably old enough to be voicing, like, actually, I would really like I to go live, live with, with dad. dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's worked all kinds of gigs. He's installed solar panels. He has taken a part-time cooking job at TGA Fridays. He's done some major ding. Sometimes he gets gigs as a DJ. Hmm. It's exciting. He lives about four miles down the road from Kate in Pennsylvania. They do not speak. They text only and only when needed. Yeah, no, that's, I think a lot of parents do that. I mean, that sometimes that's all, sometimes you can't have a relationship with your ex, but yeah. you've got kids and it sounds like it took him a while to get there, but I applaud him for living a few miles away and taking care of his kids. Yeah, no, super good for him. Awesome. Dude's gonna dude. Took him a while, but. Dude's gonna dude. So that is the trashy divorce of John and Kate Gosselin. 
Legit five-star divorce. Yeah. Uh, and besides the number of children involved, this divorce is truly one of the most common stories in the book. Girl meets dude. Girl thinks she can change dude. Girl marries dude. Dude Dude's persists. gonna dude. <laughs> yeah. I will always be Team Kate. And wish her all the no garbage cans in the next relationship. Because that lady, when and if she meets her dude, the man, the guy, is really going to shine. Like, I got to see what that girl looked like. And uh, I can't wait for her to find some big magic in a relationship. Well, that's very sweet. John, I wish you all the best as well. (laughs) Well. Five trash cans. Yeah. That's a... Double double banger five yeah. trash can. Wow, this was like a ten trash can show. But it's never it's like never happened before. Never has. <laughs> Season four is heating up. <laughs> Cooking on the stove. Yeah. Heating in the pan, biscuits in the I don't know. Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Don't be the dude. Or if you are, just be great at it. I don't know. Dudes are dude dude dudes. Like the, and it's not even like dudes are the bad boys, right? Because the bad boys at least have their own ambition and their own ideas. Dudes just kind of... Dude. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks That's for tuning in. Trashy divorces for the week. Thanks for yeah. tuning in, everybody. Y'all rock. Yeah. We'll be back next week. In the meantime. Ooh, we've got something super... We have a totally listener request lineup next week. Great. It's going to be super fun. Well, there you go. We're going to tease that a little bit. All right. So hit me with your best shot. In the meantime, keep it trashy. Thanks, everybody. Big cheers. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media i keep most of our trashy divorces instagram hopping stacy and i share it up over on facebook including our trashy divorces podcast discussion group come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening keep it trashy y'all